You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Hey everybody, come on in. Welcome to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast. Natasha and Al with you here. Al, we're doing this a little bit later in the afternoon than we usually do, and I feel peppier. I've got some energy. I just went to the really? gym. Uh, yeah, I, I feel different. Don't I? Don't I? Does my energy feel different? You? you know what? You sound way too energetic for a Friday afternoon. So take it down a notch. If you don't okay, mind. sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm but kidding. so I so you do so do you find that when you like you go all the endorphins from the gym and you? Feel, well, yeah. Is I that how you gonna last for? I'm not a morning person, number one. So that never okay. helps me. But yeah, I don't know if it's just because it's the afternoon or probably, it's probably a little bit of both. The afternoon and the gym, I just feel like I got a little bit of energy now. And it's Friday. Right. And it's Friday. And also, you know why else I'm kind of worked up? Because I'm just getting right into this. This I'm not even going to ask ahead. you how you are. I know you're good. Do I can it. see you're good. You're happy. The All reason good. I'm a little like wound up right now is because Tickets for the men's uh, soccer game, Canada versus Costa Rica in Edmonton, uh, went on sale this morning. And I knew they were going to be in hot demand, but I didn't think it would be nuts, right? Like, I didn't think they would sell out right away. So, okay. I didn't wake, usually I wake up early, I set my alarm, I get on there immediately, and I like buy (laughs) my tickets. Like, I'm really hardcore that way. I didn't do that time around. I waited a few hours. Now I've been on Ticketmaster for the last, I don't know, half an hour and StubHub trying to find two tickets. Do you think there are two tickets left? Are they I sold out? Like, it's on. like they're gone. Like there's a few seats like up, like literally up in the sky. Like you would need some sort of helicopter or something to get up there. Commonwealth is so big, right? Like it holds over 60,000 people. And wow. Huge stands up there. But even when I try and click on these, tickets which are like row 487 <laughs> every time i hit like purchase the little wheel goes around and i know says, well oops sorry you're too late or someone else got someone else got your yeah problem. i've, I've had like, that message ah. so then i was going to stop hub and the same thing is happening so now am i really not going to get two tickets to this oh soccer? my goodness no i, I did i think i will find I, it I did not think they would sell out. I mean, I thought they'd be a popular item for sure, but I mean, selling out on, I mean, that's, that speaks great for soccer, for Canadian soccer, doesn't it? I shouldn't say it's a sellout because I don't know how these things. Sure, sure, sure. But when you go on Ticketmaster, (laughs) there's like a few little blue dots in the seats. You know how they have the little blue dots that are left or you can see that are available. There's, there's like nothing. I'm sure there were at least more. I'm hoping I'll get some bit. Right off the hop, people, I mean, and I'm not surprised, right? People in Edmonton, they show up for things. And this is a huge event, right? Like it is for sure. It is on fire right now. So well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, did you see that uh Canada soccer has broken the top 50 uh world rankings now for FIFA, which is the first time since 1997? We're at 48 now. That means there are 47 countries right now that are ranked. 47, right? That's a, that's a think how big Canada is. There are 47 countries out there, and up until a couple of days ago, there were 50 countries that were ranked higher than us in in uh, in kind of soccer ranking, which is surprising to me, given the size and I mean the population of the country and, and everything else. But yeah, very that's that's our oh come on moment. Our, I mean our come on 
moment of yeah. the week is Canada soccer, right? Breaking into the top 50. Yeah. That's killer. That's so exciting. I really hope this goes well and, you know, hope you get to the game and you can cheer as loudly as possible because we need to see Canada in this World Cup next year. We have yeah. to. I'm excited for this. I saw John Herdman interview the other day in Edmonton. He was just tickled pink as he should be. And I mean, the other cool story is Alfonso Davies from Edmonton back in his hometown, right? So absolutely. Yeah. Soccer in November, it's probably going to be cold, but, but people aren't going to care about that. We're used to it out there. Definitely. Up there. So Yep. So we have to make it our mission to make sure you get a couple of tickets. We got to yes. tap every resource that we have. We got to well, use our Rolodexes, to use an old school term, um, <laughs> to figure out how to get you some tickets. I'm still pretty confident. I'm sure people will sell them. They won't be able to go. There'll be calculations. Sure. Something will come yeah. through. But I don't like doing it that way, Al. I like to be organized. <laughs> I like to get my tickets right out of the hop, and then I don't have to worry about it. But gotcha. um yeah, I'm, I hope they'll still come up. So anyways, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> now I can calm down a little bit. Now I've got okay. that out of me. But um, yeah, also energy because I said I was at the gym and I was actually, uh, we added some new things into my workout today. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of them. They're called burpees. They're painful. They're awful. And I owed my trainer 25 burpees because the same way I bet you, I also bet him <laughs> that the Browns would beat the Cardinals. And the Browns did not beat the Cardinals. They did not even come close to beating the Cardinals. So that earned yeah. me 25 burpees today. Okay. Two, so so, you, so you, you doubled down on, on the fact that the home Browns would hold Cold serve at three points, three yes. and a half points, I think it was, with Arizona. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, look, I mean, burpees, um, pumpkin spice lattes, yeah. they're, you know, there's, yeah, it's, uh, I right. see the connection there for sure. So you have three, I owe you three now, I think is where we're at. Okay. So at what point do I get to like upgrade? Like, can, I, can I like, remember the carnivals when you can trade in the small prize and you get the big prize? At what point can I trade in my th- can I trade in my three pumpkin spice lattes for like a, a beer or something? Yeah, I think three is a decent number. I think you nice. can put those together and <laughs> pick something bigger. I'm okay with that. That's cool. No, but you know what? I mean, but it's it's amazing because I know we're joking around and we're having some fun with it. But you see how hard it is to to teams right to pick football games. It's not. Uh, it's like the best handicappers in the world, like the best this for a living and do this professionally and make money off this. They pick at about sixty five percent. Right, which means three and a half of every ten guesses they make are wrong. Um, so, right. right, which is amazing, and these are the best in the world that have access to information that you and I will never, ever, ever, ever have access to. So, uh, you can see how challenging it really is to pick the winner of a football game uh, against the spread. It's it, it's it's no easy task for sure. Um, but I have faith in you. I have fa- I have nothing but faith in you, Natasha. Nothing but well. If I just picked three losses in a row, then that means, like, I think I'm due for a win, right? I think so, too. Going with that, like, what did you say? 65% of the time they're right? So Correct. 65% expert, of the time. But hopefully I get a win <laughs> soon. Do the math. There you go. That's right. <laughs> and I mean, we might as well stick with this because I told my trainer what I was doing. He's like, well, let's bet again. So here we are. I bet this time 30 burpees. So I already made a pick with him. So I might as well do it with you as well. So hang on. What's, what, real quick, real quick, real quick. So you, okay. you lost the bet and then you yep. increased the stake. Correct. Okay. We, we got to talk about gambling strategy a little bit. <laughs> so you and I are going to have a, a full lesson on, on gambling strategy. But okay. So what are we looking at? What What is your, your, your Natasha lock of the week? What is it? Well, okay. 
hold on to one one thing is I I should say that I did pick the Ravens to beat the Chargers last week, so I did get that's that right. right at least. That's but right. that's, that's right. not the game that the pumpkin spice latte or the burpees was riding on. Gotcha. So I guess that gotcha. was my fatal mistake right there. So I was I was one and one last week. Um, so this week there were three games that jumped out at me. Uh, I think the one that we should put our drink on or whatever we decide okay. to do. Yes. Eagles and Raiders and I'm leading Eagles. Leaning Eagles is what I'm thinking. The Eagles and the Raiders is what you're thinking. Okay. Um, what do you like that game about? What, what, so that game, no, that game is interesting, right? I think there's a couple of really good storylines there. I think, well, I mean, obviously the, the fact that the Raiders have lost their head coach, um, and the league has lost John Gruden as a player, but they came out yes. last week on absolute fire, didn't they? Last week, they did. Uh, the Raiders did. But I'm hoping they'll be on such a high from that game that they won't be ready for the next one. <laughs> oh, so also oh, you're on the I'm Eagles. You're on, okay, you're on the Eagles in this game. I the like Eagles, it. The Eagles will be rested. They have good pass rush and. I'm just that's where that's what I'm going with. Okay. So the line right now is Las Vegas is favored. You're thinking that the Eagles are gonna keep this game within three points, at least, or win. Win or not lose by more than three points. So your pick is the Eagles uh against the points. Is that correct? Well, I picked that they're gonna win at the very Oh, nice. Okay, a money line bet. Okay, I like it. I like it. I like that's it. Even all, better. That's, that's all uh, I got. We gotta keep this simple for me right now. I need okay. to win. So I'm just going to pick that they win. Okay, you so you're on the Eagles. Taking the Raiders, though? 100%. Yes, I, I, yeah. Just so you That's know, I would have been good. on the Raiders. I would have been on the Raiders in that game anyway. So we're talking, but keep in mind, now the Raiders are favored here, right? So when we talk about point yeah. spread and stuff, so, so by you taking the points, it actually gives you a three-point grade. So that means the Eagles could lose by two points, and you would still win. Right, so they're a plus three, which means they're right. underdog by three. So if I were you, and because I'm a sporting guy, I would say take the Eagles on the points, which means that you have up to three points. So that means if the Raiders win thirty to twenty-eight, you still win your bet because um, you got three points to play with. So I will happily take the Raiders minus three. You take the Eagles plus three, and let's see how it goes. And let's, man, I am going to build up an army of pumpkin spice lattes, a whole little just like a army of them, okay. um, and I'm going to drink, yeah. Eagles on the points. So just so I'm Eagles clear, as point. long as they, even if they lose, as long as they lose by less than three points, I am you winning win. this bet. You win this bet. Exactly. And then conversely, right? So now I'm the favorite or the Vegas or the Raiders the favorite. So, and they're a minus three. So that means if I win, if the Raiders win, sorry, not me, because I'm not playing for the Raiders this week. Um, if the Ra- If the Raiders win by less than three points, you win the bet. So they need to they need to cover by at least a field goal. So let's go. That is uh, is 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 the one for this week. Any other games that jump out to you that you're intrigued by this week? Is there anything else um, that is uh, that is fun? There's some interesting games. Yeah, we were talking about the Ravens and Bengals. Like you said, good quarterback matchup there. I always really enjoy watching Lamar Jackson play. Uh, I would go with the Ravens on that game, and Chiefs and Titans. Um, Titans coming off that huge win over the Bills, but I would put my money on the Chiefs in this one. In that one. Nice. I like it. I, I like the Baltimore Cincy game. I think that's uh like those AFC North divisional 
Baltimore and Pittsburgh that are fighting at the top of the division. And usually Cleveland and Cincinnati are down kind of flailing at the bottom, but it's a real surprise to have Cincinnati at four and two and, you know, at near the top of the division, if it wasn't for Lamar playing MVP type football, Cincinnati could actually be leading this division. And they have, I mean, they're that quarterback receiver duo they have, which is so Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase who played together at LSU a couple of years yep. ago. You can see that chemistry a mile away. I mean, so Jamar Chase as a rookie is like fifth in the league in receiving yards, and he has five touchdowns this year already. So it's uh, that's going to be a fun game. Now the, the 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 Ravens are favored again here by six and a half points. So that's are you comfortable? Yeah, that's a, almost a touchdown. Um, so are you taking the Ravens on the points? I'm gonna I'm gonna make you pick against the, pick against the spread here. So do you think the Ravens are? Are you confident the Ravens will win by more than six and a half points? So seven points um, or more. Um. What do you think? I'm going to say no. I am not confident that they will win by more okay. than a touchdown. Okay. So if you want to bet the money line, then and, and it's, it's amazing that we're talking about this because I think I'm going to give you over the course of the next few weeks, we can talk more about money line bets versus points bets and the associated odds that come along with that. Um, I am with you on Baltimore uh, on that game, actually. So I think uh, I actually do think Baltimore will, will cover. Uh, I think Baltimore is. Are you writing this down? So you, so yeah. you hold me to this later on? Because I always forget. Baltimore. Yeah, me too. I think Baltimore is, I think Baltimore has, I think, look, I think Lamar is playing, he was an MVP two years ago, and he's playing considerably better now than he was two years ago, right? The guy has evolved into this machine of a quarterback where not only can he run for 100 yards, the guy completes like 85% of his passes consistently. It's at mm-hmm. taking, I'm with you on the Ravens, but I'm going to take the Ravens on the points and say they will cover by six and a half points. And okay. I think they'll cover by a lot more than six and a half points, to be honest. Okay. All right. So we're not, we're not betting you and I are not putting any sort of drinks on this game. This is just for discussion, right? I can't afford to. Lose right. Right, yeah, no, no problem. I'm not, not going to drain, yeah, drain the bank account from Starbucks and stuff. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't need that. Um, okay. And then the chiefs game, look, I think the chiefs game is an interesting one as well. You mentioned that as well. And I think like Derek, the Chiefs, if you think, I mean, they have been underperforming for sure, and they've lost, you know, three games to do the three and three, but they've lost to Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen, right? Three guys who all could be in the MVP conversation right now. Absolutely. They don't have that issue this week. They don't, they have Ryan, T- but they have a different issue. They have the beast that is Derrick Henry that's going to kind of get, could run wild. So it's, it's interesting to see. It's a different kind of matchup this week. And I know that, I mean, the Chiefs have always had a bit of a, well, at least this year, have had an issue with, uh, uh, defending against the run, so we'll, we'll see. Just, mm. Some folks on on ESPN are projecting Henry to go for like 220 yards this week against the really? against the Chiefs. Yeah, there's one person in particular that uh, who is a very reputable source. I mean, you know, like one of the guys you see, Denerolovsky on on ESPN, who is saying he thinks uh, Derrick Henry is going to go nuts this week, go for 220. But who do you? So who do you like in this game? Well, I was going to go with the Chiefs. I I think they are better than that record. Um, yeah. So I'm, just so you know, I'm, the Chiefs. Are, so so you know, the Chiefs are a four and a half point favorite. Yes. Going in, going into Tennessee, right? So this is a, a road, a road team as a favorite going into a fairly hostile environment that plays defense okay and has a good running game. What are you thinking? Sticking with the Chiefs. Yes. Nice. I'm, I like I'm, it. I'd go. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes in this one. I I don't know. I just think it'll okay. be a lot better. Can we put a pumpkin spice latte on this? <laughs> you think I'm really, really wrong? Okay? I really think Tennessee is gonna is gonna steamroll them. I, I really do. But no, listen, really? that's, that's that's the fun of betting, though, man. 
do you that's think of, that's the fun of and it's not even about the pumpkin spice latte it's about the fun of just having different sides and picking different sides and cheering for your team i yes i really i really think that uh that the the, the titans because match up really really well against the chiefs because of derrick henry or because of what else uh mostly because of derrick henry and mostly because the chiefs have like they couldn't stop a runny nose, I don't think right now on on, on defense. So I don't. I uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, you know, look. I think. I mean, it's it's it's. A, I think it's a relatively simple game. And if if Derrick Henry averages like four four and a half yards per carry, then you know, I I, I don't. I don't. And I think that's going to happen. He's going to average a lot more. Um, and I think Tannehill will be will will be enough of a game manager just to you know to, to not lose the game. But this is going to be the Derrick Henry show, in my opinion. Okay, so let me ask you this: If you think it's so obvious that he will run through the Chiefs. And other people think it's so obvious as well. Yeah. Why are the Chiefs favorites? Uh-huh. That's, well, that's it, right? I mean, you make a wager or you make a bet or you make a pick because you have a perception of knowledge. And I have a perception that I know more than the sports books, I think, right? And this is, the Chiefs are favored because years and years of historical data has gone into models and said, okay, based on all these variables and all these different distinctions, we think that this is the line. Now that doesn't necessarily take into account recency bias or doesn't take into account, you know, emotion or take into account passion or I, I, um, I think this is the age old, the age old question of sports betting is, you know, why do you think you know more than the sports book does? And in this case, I think that Derrick Henry is going to run so wild that Mahomes doesn't even get the ball that often. Right. I think Derrick Henry, when he starts, when he starts running, I think they're, they get seven, eight minute drives all of a sudden. And then Mahomes gets, you know, four drives, three drives in a quarter and just limits his potential effectiveness. I think the chiefs offense is way better than the Tennessee Titans offense. Don't get me wrong. Like by far. Uh, but I think the, the disparity on defense that happens is uh, I think it's going to be a contributing factor, but let's see. It'll be exciting. I'll be I'll be texting you when it's fourteen nothing Tennessee. By the way, in the first uh, in the first quarter. Don't the Titans? Isn't their second secondary shorthanded this weekend? Which yes. is why yes. I'm like there. maybe Mahomes might be able to take advantage of that. But you make Absolutely. a good point. You make a good point about Henry eating up the clock. And yeah, I love like I love watching him run. Like on Monday, like he's just chugging. Like my brother texted me. He's like, he looks like Forrest Gump running like that. <laughs> did on one run like he was so mechanical sort of but the big long one yeah yeah but he's just i don't know i love watching him run so now i'm all confused um, oh isn't that the fun that's that's the fun of paralysis by analysis you get to look at numbers and stats and drive yourself nuts but yeah i agree with you man watching him run on monday and seeing when he does stiff arm somebody and seeing him roll over people it's a throwback yeah. to the good old days when you know when when uh when, when football was a lot more running and a lot less passing i love the passing league don't get me wrong but i just like seeing uh, a kind of a big running back roll over people. It's kind of uh, kind of entertaining to watch, but uh, but we'll see. All we'll right. see how it goes. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun a fun weekend of football either way, and a fun weekend of hockey as well, right? Do we have okay. Uh, we have well, some? let's yeah, let's get to that. Let's just I will okay. you know, I will take this bet. I will I will put okay. another drink on the line. I'm gonna stick on the nice. cheese just, just for the sake of of what of um, what we're doing here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i'll take the chiefs you have the raiders i have the eagles we will see uh what happens after this weekend. and yes at, uh hockey as well i should mention we have a great guest coming up uh doug smith who has covered the raptors for over two decades he writes for the toronto star he's going to be on in a few minutes to talk about the raptors uh they had their home opener on wednesday but First, just a quick chat about hockey because I feel like now we're what, like a week, week and a half in, and the storylines are starting to emerge a little bit, especially with the Canadian teams. Uh, a few things that uh, 
are standing out. To, I mean, Montreal is 0 and 5. 0 and 5. Did not see that coming. I know they're shorthanded. Uh, no Carey Price, no Shea Weber, but still 0 and 5. And did you see uh, the tweet that Carolina sent out yesterday? I, I saw it on SportsCenter this morning, actually. Scrolling Hilarious. Up. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. I saw Bergevin had a press conference yesterday or the day before. Who was, he was out. He, he, I think I mentioned it. It's always an issue when you know your GM's out there taking responsibility for the losses. You know that you know there's some real issues then when the GM thinks he has to go out there and say, okay, listen, guys, you know what? I'm still supporting the team. Yeah, that means that, that means <laughs> change is coming. 100%. When the GM is coming out this early, that's uh, that's not a great sign usually for a team. No, so, definitely yeah, not. You missed the tweet, people who are listening. Uh, they, Carolina, did the Habs lose.com is what they tweeted. I, I love how a lot of the teams, um, the PR people, or not the PR people, I guess the marketing people are really getting into the social media stuff with like 100%. chirping. Like I think Vegas sort of started it. Like they had a, a really good crew doing it. And now Seattle's doing it a bit. Carolina, you just notice the teams going back and forth a little bit on social media. It's kind of fun. I like it. Do you like it? I like it too. I, like, you know, yeah. I find a lot of NBA, a lot of NBA teams do it. A lot of NBA teams do it as well. Uh, I think it's super cool. I love it. Right? As long as it doesn't cross any lines, it doesn't get stupid. Yeah. As long as it's all in fun. Uh, I think we can all appreciate kind of a good meme or a good joke or a good one-liner. It's uh, it, it, it helps add to you know the the the, the rivalry of the game, right? Totally. I mean, it's it, it, it's locker room material, bulletin board material, if not, if nothing else. So that's uh, that's uh, it adds to the game. And your Edmonton Oilers, four and zero. Look at that; those guys are Another flying, the best flying out of the gates, real playing really well. Have you been watching Edmonton closely at all? Have you been watching uh, the games? So I watched some of the game yesterday. Not much, unfortunately. I did watch the game on Saturday when they played the nice. Flames in Edmonton, which was awesome. I thought the crowd was so into it. I thought McDavid was really into it. Like he just looked super, way more excited to me than he usually does. I'm not Agreed. sure why. Agreed. Maybe it was the same level to me. He looked different. You know, always punching the air. Um, which was awesome. And what was the other <laughs> thing I was going to say? Yes, he Arby. Yes. Uh, just like, I don't know. I think he brings a level of energy to that team, which is so needed. And he is so open with his emotion. I think that rubs off and maybe like allows other guys to be a little bit more open with their excitement too. So yeah, they, uh, they didn't have much of a problem beating those flames, which was nice to see. So keep it going. What else can I say? I'm happy to see it. Four no. Yeah. Well, the Leafs are still, uh, we'll do our usual Leaf check in here the Leafs are still I'm two and one right so not too bad four games in two one and one um not too bad but just the I mean the question of goal scoring is usual right I think I'm, I'm gonna stats right here eight goals four in four games right I mean compared to Edmonton 19 goals in four games right there's a it's it's a if this is gonna be what we have to deal with for the whole year and this is a lack of offense and and, and just a lack of scoring it's it's gonna be I know Leafs fans like me overreact to every game uh, and I, I know it I know it but it's still we need to we need to put the puck in the net here. It makes no sense that lack of offense would be the problem on that. Like, team. like right? No sense at all. What did you? They have eight goals in four games. I didn't realize that. Eight, eight goals for, and seven goals against. So okay. they're barely they're barely squeaking by here. And again, compare that to someone like Edmonton who has nineteen goals for and then and, and ten against. Right. So obviously yeah. a, a bit more of a disparity, but just. You think that this team could not, wouldn't struggle putting the puck in the net? Like that should be what we can what we can do well, right? I mean, um, but we'll see. Well, and look, it's there's it's 
the age old Leaf fan saying it's a long season, right? It's it's well, it's a long season. If we're only four games in, obviously it's a yeah. small sample size, but you're right. I mean, two goals per game is not a great average. But I mean, look at I'm sure you saw the chance in overtime Austin Matthews had the game. It was right on his stick right there, right? So absolutely the yeah, that that one was a close one. So four games, yeah, a little maybe too Eight early games. to to panic, but can we shout out the Sabres though, real quick? And yes. Like, can we please? Because they had took so much abuse last year, dude. And you know what? Just look, sports loves a comeback story, right? And I know again, we're only talking about three games here. They've won three games. I'm not, I'm not, you know, kind of jumping on the bandwagon or anything yet. But uh, I don't know if you ask me what they would be after three games. I'm going to say zero and three. And right now they are three and zero, scoring twelve goals for and only four against. Defense is playing out of this world right now. So big shout out to the Buffalo Sabres. Well done. I think that is a great point by you. I think, I don't think anybody thought that they would have a single win at this point. People were saying that they were worried the fans weren't even going to show up for the first game. That's right. Like they were going to be upset and they're so done with this team and they were going to like boycott it, but the fans were there. They yeah. won and now they've won two more games. And I don't, it's been amazing. Put all that Jack Eichel distraction aside, I guess, and good for them because that, yeah, talk about distractions. That's a big one right there. So, Good point by you. Shout out to Buffalo. Thank you. Going. Shout out to Buffalo. And are you listening about hockey? Are you watching the like the the, the goal hunt, or the goal watch for Ovechkin? I know it's a long way away from Getsky still, but he's like, I mean, right? He's going to pass Brett Hall, I think, potentially today, tomorrow, in the next couple of days. He's four goals away, I believe. I have been keeping um, an eye on him for sure. Yep, I think I just. I mean, we're going to be talking about him so much over the next like, <laughs> five years. I don't know. Maybe now, maybe it's even a little bit too much, a little bit early, but you're right. Every time he passes one of these greats, you have to mention it. It just yeah, almost seems like, oh, ho-hum, he's passing another like icon, but no, obviously yeah. Yeah, we have to mention it because definitely it's amazing what he's doing. So shout out to Omi. Keep it up. All, All right. right. Can we get into some Raptor stock here? Yeah, let's do it. Very pleased to welcome Doug Smith to the show. He writes for the Toronto Star. He has covered the Raptors for over two decades. Doug, thank you for doing this. How are things going in Toronto? My pleasure. Well, they're they're kind of getting back to quasi-normal, so it's it's an interesting season. Like, for the first time in, I think, what, 600 days since we saw a basketball game here? So, yes, it kind of feels real again. 600 very long days yeah. since the Raptors uh, played in their own building. What was that like to be at the home opener at Scotiabank Place? It was pretty electric, but you know what? The best thing, Natasha, it felt normal. It felt like a, like a regular thing. And we haven't had a regular thing anywhere in the world in a year and a half. So that was kind of comforting. that People got back into the, the routine of being around each other, seeing a sports event. But the, at the start, it was electric. There were there were some dry, there were some not dry eyes in the building. That's for sure. I thought they did a really nice job with the opening. Like Drake was there, and just the vibe right off the top. I mean, Al, you were there. It, it just looked there good, at well. least from my living room. Yeah, and I like what Doug just mentioned there. <clears throat> the sense of normalcy was nice just to get back into yeah. an arena and watch a game. And uh, and I will uh, agree, the electricity was was there. The excitement, the anticipation. Although you know the. Some questions around the team for sure still exist, but I think just the ability to get to a game uh, and have the excitement of live basketball and, you know, and, and get to see some of these visiting players that come in. I love watching Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma and, and the rest. So it was a great, great, great environment, a great, a great vibe. I think the, the most important thing they did, they, it, it was kind of understated. You know, the, the, the intros Agreed. were, it wasn't over the top. 
but it was respectful, but, but emotional. And I think, you know, doing ceremonies before games are hard because you don't know if you give them too much, not enough. I think they, the, the tone of it was pretty good. Yeah, I agree. The uh, the rep they do such a good job that organization of their yeah. in game entertainment and the moments and they nailed it again. I thought so. They have one game under their belts. Unfortunately, they lost that game. Doug, who is this team? Who are these Raptors? This <laughs> I don't think they know, let alone I know. <clears throat> I think they're they're intriguing. They're they're obviously young and long and athletic, and they have about nine guys who I don't think have never played in Toronto before. So they're they're unfamiliar with each other. I think they're going to be at the end of the year, pretty good. I don't think they're going to win an NBA championship or challenge for one, but I do put them in that middle tier in the East, that three through seven through nine kind of range. And it will depend on health, their own health, the health of other teams. And when they figure it out, they got a lot of guys who are great. They got a lot of guys who are great basketball or great athletes who don't know how to be basketball players yet. And how quickly they learn how to become basketball players will determine how successful this year is, how quickly. Right. What kind of leader do you think Fred Van Vliet is? A lot more powerful than people will know. I think he speaks his mind an awful lot behind closed doors. I'm told by teammates and coaches that he'll get in guys' faces and he'll he'll say something. He did tell us one thing really interesting this week. He's got he's got to he says he has to learn how to lead when he's not talking because people are watching him. Like in the locker room when the coach is addressing the team. He can feel the young kids looking at him to see how he reacts. And he's got to learn to be a leader in that regard, just the way he carries himself. You know, back when Kyle was here, or Kawhi was here, or even Marcus All, people tend to look at them to see how they reacted. Now they're physically turning and looking at Fred to see how he's handling the message the coach is developing. And he's got to be calm and consistent and supportive, but harsh. And I think he's going to take some getting used to, but he can do it. Right. Very That's an so. interesting point. I saw uh, one of the press conferences recently. He was speaking, and he's such a great, eloquent yeah. speaker. But I guess to show it, too, in your body language or, like you said, the way you react or the way you play is another thing you might need to learn. Yes, it's the way you carry yourself. Like, now, Kyle Lowry was demonstrative, and, uh, and, and he was a contrarian, and he would challenge you. When he, when he was unhappy, you knew it. But I think Freddie knows that you can't, he doesn't have the cachet yet to be that kind of guy. When he's unhappy, he has to stay a little bit calm and above the fray and not lash out. Kyle could lash out because he was Kyle. And people, you know, you know, Kyle being Kyle. Fred isn't to that point yet, and he's got to learn how to do that. Right. How did you feel, uh, Doug? How did you feel about uh, about our draft pick? How did you feel about Scotty Barnes? I know that there was some controversy on draft night, and I personally think he's a great pick, but what do you think uh, versus I think, uh, Suggs or Green versus uh, Scotty? I think he's got a chance to be the best player in a draft class. But again, he's 20 years old, you know, two years out of high school, so he's got to learn. He's really enthusiastic, and, and you guys know this. Enthusiasm only carries you so far, and then it gets old. If you can't do it, your enthusiasm is going to get tiring and I think he's got a he's got all kinds of basketball skill you know he's quick he's long he's got great footwork he can't shoot yet but most rookies can't shoot anyway um he does seem to have the work ethic that will allow him to become as good as he can be nothing's going to hold him back that way but I, you know he, he might not win the rookie of the year but I think in five years people are going to say he's the best player in this draft class interesting he does have that energy so yeah <laughs> yes he does We'll see if he can back it up. 
uh, you just mentioned five years. Do you think that's how far the Raptors are away from being contenders? No, I, I don't. Know. I think two or three, maybe. With, with uh, you know, if you add a piece, if you have to add a piece in next summer or the summer after. I know Mazzaio Jury and Bobby Webster think this is a a two or three year plan, and then they'll sort of see where they are. They think, you know, if they got let's say seven new guys, if three of them become really good players, then it's two years. If two of them do, then maybe it's three or four. Uh, and they're going to let the players figure it out. They're going to let the players weed themselves out. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance to play. Find out rather quickly who can play, who can't. And if you can't play, you got to move on to somebody else. What do you make of OG Ananobi and, or excuse me, Pascal Siakam and that whole thing about being the guy? Um, <laughs> what do you expect from him this season? I think I presume I think he'll have a bounce back here because I think he's skilled and he's uh, Natasha Kyle Lowry cast a very very large shadow over this organization mm-hmm. and they could say Pascal was a guy and they paid him as a guy and Kyle would say it's his team and he got all the shots but he still wasn't the guy because in the hierarchy of the team you had this 35 year old veteran who was the best player the Raptors have ever had who was still there and still very forceful and still a very good player. This year, that specter is gone, and I think that's going to be a little bit freeing for Pascal. Now, Pascal is also a guy who thrives on work and doing a lot of work, and he hasn't had a lot of work since he had surgery in July, so it might be a little bit slow return, but I do think he's skilled enough to be the team's leading scorer and a very, very good NBA player. Okay. Very interesting. Go ahead, Al. Yeah, I was just uh, I was going to say, I think you mentioned earlier uh, – uh, about the Raps and, and, you know, playoff potential in this year. I think what's interesting is the East, well, East got really good, first of all, right? Now there's almost two different levels of good, right? There was, there's this Milwaukee and Brooklyn and, you know, Philadelphia maybe and Miami yeah. level of good, but there's also Indiana and Chicago and New York and such who are also kind of getting sneaky good. Yeah. Um, which level do you think the Raptors fit in? Are they in the really good or are they kind of in the middle good or uh, yeah. um, are they in kind of the, you know, the, the bottom half of that Eastern division at this point? They're not, obviously, I don't think with Milwaukee and Brooklyn, they're not even close to that right now. But, again, you get in a playoff series, who knows? But I do think they're in that group that I think Chicago is really intriguing. I think the Knicks are interesting with Kemba Walker being there now. I think Miami is really good, but, you know, they're old, and I'm not sure how deep they are. Toronto's young, but if they get good, they're right in the mix. Washington's not bad. Atlanta's the weird one. I don't know where to put Atlanta. I'm not, sh- I'm not sold on Trey Young, but he had a great playoff run. So I put Atlanta maybe at the top of that. Like they would be three, let's say. Gotcha. And then, then there's a bunch of teams that are four through nine. This one just came to me, this question. This is kind of off topic, but this whole thing with Ben Simmons, what are your thoughts on that? How is this going to – How is this, what's, what's going to happen here? How does this finish? How does this end? They got to move him, and they got to move him sooner rather than later. It's, un, it's untenable. But you, you know – Philadelphia fans are going to chew him up and spit him out the second he shows up. And he's not mentally tough enough to take that. So I think everybody knows that. they got to move him because the longer he's there, the longer it lingers, the more times he plays and gets booed and, and gets retreats into himself, it destroys your team. Yeah. And if you got off to like a 3-10 and 10 start, season shot behind the ear. They, they can't afford that. So... I wrote this morning, Daryl Morey should call every GM and say, give me your best offer by five o'clock Saturday. I'm going to pick one and I'm going to make the move because it's just, it's just not, they can say all the right things they want, 
It's just mm-hmm. not going to work. It's well, a really strange strategy of what Daryl Morey did, right? Coming out yesterday and talking about how this could be a four-year process and yeah, we can't I, trade him for role players and stuff. I'm I'm of the same opinion as you is the longer this goes on, the less this trade value becomes, right? He's going lower and lower and lower in terms of uh, being a sure. kind of a valuable asset to other folks. And uh, this has got to happen sooner rather than later. But I was very surprised by Daryl Morey yesterday coming out and saying that this could be a four-year process. Yeah, there, there, there are no good guys in this and no one's telling you the truth. <laughs> there are, there are no, no, one, no one is right. Like the, the Sixers have mishandled this from the start. Simmons and his agency have, hand, have mishandled it from the start. And it's just, you know, it, it just, it just keeps going. It's like, it's like repetitive and relentless and mm-hmm. it's got to change because it's just, it just not it, is workable. Did they see what ha- what James Harden was able to do last year? Is that, is that where this is coming from? You think is that, that he was, he just misbehaved and showed up out of shape and was able to get where he wanted to go. Um, yeah, the, the, like Ben's agents probably thought that a little bit, but they also don't realize that Ben Simmons is not James Harden. Yeah. Ben Simmons for, for all his immense skill has done squat in the NBA. So he, he, he is no better an offensive player today than he was on his first day as a rookie. He's a great defender and his teams have never won. Harden played in the finals. Harden got Houston to a Western Conference final where they probably should have won except they missed all those three-pointers against the Golden State in the Game 7. So he's got some cachet. Ben Simmons, he's a gifted six foot ten defender, ball handler, but he is – I'm a voter. I've never put him on an all-NBA team once in his career, any of the three teams, because you can't be half a player and be a good player. Interesting. I mean, yeah. talk about the the improvement. One thing that Jason Kelsey, who's the you know the the, the Eagle Center, was yep. saying was, "Buddy, this is this is not an issue if you just get better. Just go practice, get better, fix the free throws, and all of a sudden, this city will embrace you like no other city can." And which, and it seems like a pretty easy like solution, doesn't it? Which he should have done two years ago because he was a bad free throw shooter, free throw shooter, and three point shooter when he came in. So he showed no no willingness to get better, and and on his own time. And you, we've all seen it. We saw Demar Derozan here became a better basketball player every year. He's a borderline Hall of Famer now. Um, Kyle Lowry got redid his body and become a six time All Star. Ben Simmons has done nothing in his own time to improve his abilities, and that speaks to him. And that speaks to heart, work ethic, and dedication. And it is you can't flip a switch and say, "Oh, I'm going to all of a sudden do this," because it's not in him. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know where he thinks he has the clout to be acting like this. Uh, yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense from the outside. Um, speaking of players who maybe are a little reluctant, <laughs> Goran Dragic, when he first came, yeah. was like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I want to be here so much, but he seems to he seems to have turned that around. Do you get that impression from him or what's yeah. how is he feeling these days? I mean, I, in a perfect world, he'd love to play in Dallas with Luka Doncic and his buddy. That's, you know, they're Slovenian friends from ever. Goran told us yesterday he played with Luca's dad. So that's how but how wow. the relationship is. So yeah, he would have loved to be there. But he's getting $19 million a year. I presume they'll trade him in February somewhere because he's yeah. a great asset to an to a team going into the playoffs if the Raptors are on that borderline. And they'll help him out. But he's also 35 and a good guy. Like he's a he's a he's a pro and he's gonna work and he's gonna co- commit to the team and commit to this group. And when he gets traded, he'll go commit to the next group. But he's not going to be a distraction. I think he likes the city. His family stayed in Miami because he's got school-age kids, and the school system is so screwed up with online, virtual, in-person up here that he you know, didn't want to disrupt it. But as a guy around the team, he's not a problem at all, and, and it won't be. Right. 
As for, uh, we mentioned obviously Kyle Lowry, no longer part of the Raptors. How do you, how do you fill that gap with Kyle gone? There's, there's no go-to guy really when it comes to offense on the Raps anymore. No, there really isn't. And that's why they got to figure out which of these kids becomes really good, really quick, whether it's Barnes or whether OG takes that next step. I think he can, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, again, I think Barnes is going to be great in a couple of years, but he's not going to be great this year. So that's the process that the, that's a difficult process that is going to cost them at times this year. There's going to be games that Kyle would have willed them to win that they're going to lose because they don't have that veteran presence like he was. So that's the, that was the trade-off that, you know, you got to start over sometime. Let's do it now when we still have Fred, Pascal, OG, so we don't go to rock bottom, but there are going to be times in March and February where we, people go, Oh man, they need a 35 year old veteran point guard. Yeah. (laughs) Most teams do. Yeah. Okay. Well, the season is going to be interesting. It is. Um, It's going to be fun. It's new. It's like, you remember back in the day in 2016 when uh, Dwayne Casey was here, DeMar was just starting, Kyle was just getting good. They were becoming, you know, they had a bench mob. They were a fun yeah. team on the on the rise. I think that's where they are now. And I don't know how long the process will be to get them back up to the very top again. But I think it'll be shorter than it was for the first 25 years. Right. I just, I love that the culture is so different now with this team. Like once you get that championship, there's that's where the expectation is now all the time yeah. with, with this right like yeah. there's so Kyle leaves whatever people leave but now it's like okay how do we build for the next one like it's just, exactly and it feels like it's actually real like yep that's that's what the goal is all the yeah. time now we've seen it we've done it and there there are players here who've done it they know what it takes mm-hmm. to play those 24 postseason games and win a title they know what it takes to play the 82 before that to get there so that will hasten I think the return. Talent's always going to win out in the end, but these guys are starting from a, a mental point that is way, way, way ahead of anything that they were before. Right. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. We'll see. I mean, at the very least, I hope we hope. I think that they make it into the playoffs. Right. Anything yeah. can happen then, but it's just a good learning experience to to make exactly the season too. It'd be funnier. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna lose some games. They should win, and people are gonna get crushed. They're gonna win some games. They should lose, and people will be excited. Then you get in the playoffs and people give you another two weeks to have fun with you. And that's really, that's what sports is. It's a tough ride, but it's a fun ride. Fun ride. Um, I'm sure you've had a ton of fun covering this team over the years. <laughs> most, most of the years, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thank you for doing this. We appreciate the time. Um, and hopefully we can do this down the road again, maybe mid-season. We'll see where the Raptors are at after Christmas. My pleasure. Anytime. Take care of yourself out there in Alberta. BK, be safe. Thank you. You too, Doug. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Doug. All right. So there you have it with the Raptors. Yeah, it's going to be a fun season either way. I mean, this is an entertaining team, like we said. Scotty Barnes, um, I love that energy that he brings. There's a lot of storylines with a lot of individual players. Um, Like I said, I just, I love the culture of this organization right now that is just always pushing to get back now to that championship level. Absolutely. And hearing uh, someone who has that kind of, um, I guess, connection to the team and hearing his perspective, like hearing yeah. that drug, it's just a nice guy. And, you know, and I didn't realize he was a, he was an NBA voter, which is really cool. But uh, to get perspective of somebody who actually is there, you know, when the lights aren't on and the camera's not on, it's pretty cool, right? To get that, that kind of back, uh, that backstage vibe, that backstage feel. So that was very cool uh, to, to, to speak with Doug. Totally. 
and yes, we will have him on again. Uh, we will see where uh, Ben Simmons is in three or four months. We can talk about that again. Um, but that's it for us, I think. So here we go. Just to recap our picks for the NFL, uh, Ravens over Bengals, but we're not betting actually anything on that. Okay. I'm taking the Eagles over the Raiders for pumpkin okay. spice latte. I'm also taking yeah. the Chiefs over the Titans. And the points on both. All right. I am going to be watching excitedly this weekend and, uh, and uh, I'll be enjoying some, an overflow of pumpkin spice latte by next week. I'm sure. Well, like you said, I think it was a good idea. You can, uh, you can group them if you want. Trade them up. Trading up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm open to suggestions. So you let me know. We can discuss that next week. Perfect. Okay. I'll have a good one. Have a great weekend. You have a good one as well. Take care. You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Come on now!